Hello, welcome to episode 35 of the MTG Conflux Cast. My name is John, and I'm joined today by my co-host Chris. Hey! Steven can't join us today due to some work deadlines, but he'll be rejoining us very soon. We'd also like to apologize for the technical issues we had of last week's episode about cobble therapy. It'll be available for you guys to enjoy very soon. But in today's episode, we'll be talking about the upcoming modern PPTQ season and the state of the modern format right now, as well as about the recent MTGO Uncommon Cube. But first, let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we talk about what decks we piloted and played against this past week. Chris, let's start with you. I played good old Amulet Titan on a Friday night. Uh, with the inclusion of an Academy Ruins, which was not foil, to the dismay of literally everyone in the store. Uh, I didn't get to activate it that many times, but when I did, it was pretty good. Although, I, I swapped out a Padruka Bog for it, and there was definitely a game where I missed having a Padruka Bog in my main deck, so... Not sure if that's just not the right cut, or... But you overall better. I don't know. wrecks me on a regular basis when I play against you, so that seems wrong. <laughs> It's kind of hard. I, I feel like there's no land that I really want to cut, but I want to try playing a runes, and I also just don't want to play 29 lands, so I'm a little, a little conflicted on what the right, right cut is. But um, 28 lands in the deck, and you can't find one that you can part with? Uh, it's hard. <laughs> they all have a job. I guess it's a problem with playing a toolboxy type of deck, right? Yeah. You have, no. you have Everything has a has a place sometimes. Yeah. So uh, I played against Rug Kiki Jiki. To that guy I played recently. <laughs> yeah. Game one, I had a Cavern of Souls that I got to bounce three times, so he wasn't able to counter literally any creature that I played. And he wasn't really able to do much of anything because I had an uncounterable ballista that was a 3 3. Bleh. So he could never combo off through through that. And then game two, he decided that he should Blood Moon me on his turn three, which normally would be very good, except for that he only had an island. So we kind of did this awkward, like, draw-go for a very, 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 very <laughs> long time, where um, he played a Spellskite, and the Snapcaster Mage has this pressure, so I was able to get a two-for-one off my Engineered Explosives, despite being Blood Mooned. How the hell is Spellskite pressure? <laughs> I mean, he had a 2-1 that I couldn't kill, That's except fair. with EE, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I eventually just drew enough lands so I was able to Rex Sage his moon and play a Titan in the same turn. Gross. And then he died. Yeah, Primetime does that. <laughs> uh, then I played against a Blast from the Past, Bant Eldrazi. Now, to, to put some perspective as to how far off the map this deck has gotten... Is this tier 1? <laughs> when, when my opponent started on Yavi Mayako's Pass, I thought I was playing against Lantern. <laughs> or like the mirror with bad lands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when like he goes Steven's like... version of the deck. So when he plays a Sky Spotter on turn 2, I was... Very surprised. And he passed three of my titans in that game, but unfortunately for him, there are four in my deck, and he was uh, unable to, to get me. Wow. Just a bunch of paths and no pressure, huh? Yeah, turns out um, Thanos here can't take lands, 
and it's also smaller than Primeval Titan. These so, are both true. I have I have felt this pain before. Yeah, was not able to convert. He didn't get me game two though because he Elder Deep Fiend all of my lands. Oh, yeah, buddy. And since I had bounce lands, it was like enough to I would have been able to cast a Titan, but instead I got to do literally nothing. And he got to put a six, what a five six into play. Um, and then game three, I don't really remember what happened, but uh, I think he played like a drowner, but it was too little, too late, and just dies anyway to some good old primeval beats. Mm. Um, then I actually last next one I lost to Jun Shadow, and this was a pretty feel bad because game one I punted miserably because my brain decided that it didn't know uh, want to function properly. I transmuted a ballista instead of an engineering explosives when I had an academy runes in play and he had like a shadow and two goifs so the, the explosives just would have been way better because the ballista wasn't actually lethal so uh, I don't know what I was doing cost me the game, feels bad and the next game he uses me on turn 1 uses me on turn 2 and plays a 6-6 six, six death shadow on turn 2 so I couldn't dismember it and then inquisitions me on turn 3 plays a 5-6 tarmogoyf and then kills me on turn four. Excellent. So that was that was cool. That was a fun interactive game of magic for me. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Just good, clean interactive magic. Uh, and then the last round, I play against Scred Red. I don't know. I, I didn't know he was on Scred Red, so it's like, eh, you know, there's always the do you just ID get the guaranteed free roll, or do you just no splits kill them all? <laughs> we decided no splits kill them all. Um, excellent, excellent. Turns out he was in the opens on Snow Card Mountain. I was like, this could be a bad time. But um, in addition to a Academy Ruins in my my main deck, I also had the Reclamation Sage back in the main deck that week. Excellent. And so he triumphantly plays his Blood Moon game one, and I just casually Rex Sage it that I just naturally drew, and then play a Titan and kill him anyway. Can't confirm. That feels real bad. Mike did that to me the week before last. And then game two, I lost because I was really greedy, apparently. <laughs> So, I have my Rex Age in my hand again, and a forest. I'm like, how do you lose? Well, he plays a Blood Moon on his turn three. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to play my Azusa and play two bounce lands, and I don't have to bounce any lands because there's a Blood Moon. Ah, so next time I could Rex Age and have so much mana. And then he untaps and Molten Rained my forest. Yes. Yes. So, I did not get to cast anything ever again. Hubris. I love it. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was lesson learned. <laughs> Next game, I don't remember exactly what happened. I think it involved Rex Age blowing up a moon again or something like that. Or maybe I just played a Seal of Primordium on turn two, and he just kept. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, I remember. He he kept a one lander with a moon, and I had a turn two Seal of Primordium, and he actually just didn't draw any more lands. So, <laughs> wow, who's the land destruction deck now? <laughs> yeah, that was a little little strange, I guess. I mean, I, my hand wasn't that fast. I just had an answer to Moon and um, some lands. That's about all you need, though. Nothing. Scred is not exactly an excellent card against you, nor is Anger of the Gods. No. Blood Moon is quite strong, but other yes. than that, the rest of the cards in the deck are pretty medium. So yeah, that was... <laughs> Turns out uh, I can beat the decks that play Blood Moon and lose to the one that doesn't. Mm. Strange. So uh, how about you, John? Would you, would you play anything spicy? Well, yeah, so I was I was going to run back Marty Pyromancer again, and I'm uh, I'm not feeling as good about the deck after playing it on Moto a fair bit. I feel like I just get 
crapped on by variants. <laughs> I just keep flooding out or getting mana screwed like every single round and Faithless Lootings are supposed to fix that and they never do. I just Faithless Looting into more lands or I don't know, it just feels awful. I'm kind of getting down on the deck. And people like have been winning with it in the meanwhile at big events and I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. Like I don't know, maybe I'm just getting a really bad spat of variants. I don't know. So I was like not feeling too excited about bringing the deck on Friday. And um friend of ours messages me and he's like, oh, so uh it's your birthday weekend. What spice are you playing at FNM? And I was like, none. <laughs> playing Mardu again. Not really excited about it. And he's like, you should play something spicy. And I was like, hmm. This is like Friday afternoon while I'm at work, right? So I like, gotta go home, take care of the pets, and then like run over to FNM. I'm like, hmm. I'm gonna play spawns. <laughs> yeah, so John just like messages me as I'm no, he doesn't even message me. He just asks me when I get there. He's like, hey, do you have your screds on you? It's like No. <laughs> so I get home, I start building the deck, and I'm like, wow, I got like everything's like sleeved up, right? Because like I play with these types of cards a lot, and I obviously did not de-sleeve my swan cards. Um, because I might need them would at, a, at a moment's notice, and the deck is quite signed at this point. I've got um signed snow-covered islands and uh, just all sorts of good stuff going on. I got a signed scrying sheets, which isn't in the deck anymore, apparently. Um, I get the deck like all built, and I realize I don't have screds anymore because they're out getting signed. <laughs> I was like, when am I gonna use these screds anytime soon? I can safely mail these off to get signed with a group of other cards. Turns out, nothing is safe to mail out ever. <laughs> Big mistake. So I get to the shop, and I'm asking around if anyone has any screds. And I spy two likely candidates, two other people that I know play decks with scred in them occasionally. Turns out, they both decided to play the scred decks that night. So there were no screds available for borrowing. And of course, the shop did not have any for sale, because why would they? So I was, uh... Looking at playing Mardu, unfortunately, and then Chris offered to let me borrow good old Spaghetti Stompy, and uh, so I played that. <laughs> um, got to do now, uh, so. So you've only played the deck what twice? Once. This is your second event. This is my second event with the deck. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Deck's fun. Does a lot of mulliganing. Um. I played against Green Black Rock round one. Uh, and I won some really grandy games. So in our game two, I believe, I chaliced him on one. I was like, okay, okay. Then I chaliced him on two, and I was like, oh, this guy can't do anything. <laughs> uh, turns out Abrupt Decay uh, has the text on it. Cannot be countered. Uh, Chalice has the text on it. Countered? Doesn't say can't be cast, like something like a meddling mage, unfortunately. So he gets a, a Abrupt Decay, my, uh, my Chalice the trigger which i diligently remembered before i reread both cards and realized that that in fact did not do anything uh but considering i had some experience of missing my chalice trigger last time i played the deck at least i remembered the trigger moving in the uh, right direction yes yes something like that uh but i ended up taking the match because the deck just grinds like a champ then i played against the same jun shadow guy that you played against in my round two and I got paddled, just, just stomped. I'm old to four game one, 
<laughs> after some chalicing, I believe, just like couldn't find a keepable hand. Um, and my scry had a chalice, and I had the ability to deploy it on my turn one, so I kept it on top, and he proceeds to like uh, inquisition me or something turn one. <laughs> I think he took like a spirit guide. So I untap, play a land, and on turn two I get to chalice him on one, and he proceeds to play a Tarmogoyf and destroy me with it. Casts a tar fire and a seal of fire into the chalice, and he's just like whomping on me with this like seven eight Tarmogoyf. <laughs> just, just died. Just, Gross. just died. So that was fun. Then uh, game two, I just got kind of whomped on again with a bunch of. Bunch of Tarmogoyfs. That felt that felt real sweet. And then round three, I play against Elves, uh, which is familiar from the last time I played the deck. I had a a real nail biter against Elves, mostly because your own fault, <laughs> my own incompetence. <laughs> yes. Uh, this time though, I got to absolutely destroy him. Well, the first round, at le- uh, the first game at least, he he crushed me with the nuts. Uh, he had like just the infinite mana, infinite lead the stampede type chain, and just like played an absurd number of elves and had an absurd number of mana, and I like gamely stuck into the game until he played in Missouri, and that's kind of when I threw in the towel and was like, okay, we're dead next turn. <laughs> He's gonna get bored of just making mana and playing dudes and probably eat my face, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a game. To our game two, I had um like dismember your guy into gut shot your guy <laughs> just like killed all his stuff and then beat down and killed him and then game three he's on the play and i have a gemstone cavern oh, that i yes. put into play with a luck counter he plays a thanawar elves which i dismember before i've even had my first turn of the game <laughs> the look on his face was amazing and then i rip a, a gut shot off the top for my turn one draw and he pass it back, and he plays another elf and misses his land drop, I believe. And then I gut shot his elf and just kind of run away from the game after that. So that felt quite excellent. Um, the sideboard against elves is just kind of like a take the whole board and shuffle it into your deck type of a situation. So you feel like you have a lot of real good answers after board. <laughs> I guess some ratchet bombs, some gut shots... If you want, you can get some spatial contortions in there. Just like a yeah, pile like, you of You thought I was aggressive, but it was me, Jund, all along. All along. <laughs> yeah. My chalice isn't too bad against him either. Yeah, man. So that was sweet. So I was feeling pretty good. I was like, okay, I just got to win this last round. I can go three and one, you know, in the money with good old spaghetti stompy. And I sit down against my opponent, and I, I knew what he was on because I'd seen him play against chris earlier in the event my opponent is on banteldrazi and oh boy does this seem like a terrible matchup that's <laughs> just like oh we're playing the same creatures but you have aldrazi displacer and path to exile and mana dorks great just just great <laughs> it's like the typical mid-range situation where you want to go just a little bit bigger than your opponent right but he's just naturally bigger so I was like, okay, I gotta go fast. I gotta just go, you know, pedal to the metal and get under this guy. And I almost stole one of the games by doing that. Um, but I couldn't find my third land to play Reality Smasher. And I missed out on casting it for like two or three turns in a row when it would have just won me the game. 
and I lost. And then I lost the second game because Aldrazi Displacer is just the nutter butters against other fair decks. <laughs> so that that was my FNM of a solid 2-2 finish with Aldrazi Stompy. But uh, I had a blast because the deck is sweet. I think my my best chain was like Mulligan Powder 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 Mulligan, I think, or something like that. <laughs> Ah yes, the hand I've been looking for. It's like when you play a casual game of EDH and ADH, and people just keep shuffling their deck until they pull a seven that they're extremely pleased with, <laughs> and then you just kind of, you know, uh, play battle cruiser magic at each other. <laughs> just keep throwing them back till you find the hand you want with Aldrazi Stompy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, did you uh, did you see any cool decks, Chris, this week? Anything catch your fancy? I mean, the sweetest decks that. Uh... I've experienced this past week were from the cube. Oh yes, I forgot about that. I guess we should briefly touch on that because it is part of our weekly roundup. It was um, it was my birthday this weekend, and what more do I want to do on my birthday weekend but play Magic? I invited a group of people, and we drafted uh, my Popper Cube back to back with my Vintage Cube, and it was interesting. <laughs> so I went three zero in the Popper Cube. Popper Master, right? And here. then proceeded to not win a single match of Vintage Cube. Despite, despite having... I thought my deck was actually not bad. And you've played Vintage Cube quite a few times, and Popper Cube. Never. Never? Yeah. <laughs> so, Popper, I just picked. I just drafted Black, White, Kill Your Stuff, Pestilence. <laughs> so, at, at, at first, I thought I was going to be like, oh, I'm going to be like the aggro deck, because no one, everyone hates drafting aggro for some reason. Says, oh, I'm even like red white aggro, and then it turns out John was red white aggro. But uh, all these black cards were just flying by. I'm like, well, God, I was black I was is just like, left. Yeah, black is just wide open. Like I should have been cutting John off the aggressive cards, but like the black cards were just like insane. And I was like, oh, all right, abandon ship, get in this black cards because there's like I took a removal spell here and there, and then I finally found a pestilence. I was like, all right, we have a plan. Pestilence is bonkers insane yeah and you picked up a crypt rats too yeah so i had a, a pestilence and a crypt rats i had two extort creatures and then a bunch of random sparboo of like rend flesh and uh suppression the, the, bonds and the mvp kind of is um what is it the uh the monarch become the monarch oh card god black. yeah so i was thorn of the black rose or something yeah thorn it's of a the four black mana rose. one three with death touch when it comes into play you become the monarch that card's so hard to beat for just a lot of decks. Maybe the really aggre- the really like gr- aggressive decks that aren't like with one toughness can get get around it. But man, so I'm pretty sure both of the games that I lost playing the Popper Cube are because I became the Monarch be- too soon when I couldn't adequately protect myself. I think if I just waited a turn or two, I definitely would have been fine and easy game, easy life. But I was like, eh, it's probably fine to do it now, and then it definitely wasn't fine to do it now. <laughs> One pretty sweet thing was uh, playing against good old John over here. Uh-huh. And turns out Pestilence is pretty good against the red-white aggro deck. Oh, the red-white token deck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually had one of the token generators that he probably would have wanted. Um, gather the townsfolk. So good old Faithful John. Hour, you good say. old John gets me down to one little life. But, In game uh, two, after I won game one. 
Yes, but then it was quite a fateful hour. I got five 1-1 one, one bodies. And all John had to do was draw, like, any burn spell or Skylight Legionnaire, but just never got there. Eventually, I found a um, Seeker of the Way, uh. which gave me some life <laughs> after playing my Pestilence. So I got to gain some life and then Pestilence down, like, the entire board, minus uh. my, uh, my Seeker. And that was... That was all she wrote, basically. I drew so many lands that game. <laughs> and then game three, you just got crypt ratted. Yeah. I was, like, struggling to find a second black source because I didn't want to play a crypt rest just for him to bolt it or something, and then i just lose the game immediately. And he had the bolt, as it turned out. But uh, I, I drew my second black source just in time to just nuke the entire board and... Yeah, I was I was pretty sad when the crypt rat came down in game three. I was like, both? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Vintage Cube was was sweet. Like I I had the the turn one like uh, mana vault and pick two uh upheaval. I'm like, oh man, this is sweet. And I got like a pretty late Rafellos and a like Draga Tree Speaker. I was like, man, my deck's like pretty good. And then I just got absolutely browned. Turns out Bribery's pretty good against your deck, Chris. Like, okay, I play against John again <laughs> in the first round of the whatever, the cube thing. And yeah, I just drew a whole bunch of ramp and no payoffs. And then when I did draw payoffs, John just stole them. Bribery... Dragon Lord Solemgar, Control Magic. I had three of your guys. <laughs> Which was like all of them. Give me that shit. <laughs> Mer Battle Sphere? More like my Battle Sphere. <laughs> ah, yes. Turns out Avenger of Zendikar is pretty good in the Grixis deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bribery, Avenger of Zendikar, make my land drop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Although so I, was... I did get to, to just absolutely destroy you in game one. Yeah. With a Nissa World Waker. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> makes my land a 4-4 with Trample. I had Damnation for most of the game and just couldn't find a second black source to save my life. I was like, I'm going to get to blow up two of his lands? Ah, so good! Nope, just just died to land beats. <laughs> so you played, you played like some... Like on a Johnny or something? No, not a Johnny. You played some random planeswalker. Wasn't it a Jace the Mind Sculptor? Yeah, probably. Some <laughs> random Jace. And I was like, oh, I'm going to attack it. You're like, I'll block. Like, okay, my land has trample. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that felt pretty bad. What was it with? It was it like a decent creature, too, I feel like? Like a Grim Lava Mancer? Yeah, I think it was a Grim Lava yeah. Mancer or a Pyromancer. I also got to, uh, in the mirror against the other Grixis deck who had a, re a reanimator package, I got to bribery his Massacre Worm and kill like six things. <laughs> Nug him down for a bunch of life and then swing back and kill his Ashiok, so that felt real good. <laughs> oh, man. Then I got just absolutely ranched by Ashiok in the last game. So, that was fun. Turns out when Ashiok flips over, what was it? It was like all of my decent creatures, <laughs> like Kalidus, Desecration Demon, or no, it was Desecration Demon, Pyromancer, and something else. Like the only, like the only win cons of my deck, basically, other than Planeswalkers. It's like, give me your shit, 
By the way, you don't have a deck anymore. Yeah, turns out Desecration Team is pretty good against the deck with no creatures in it. Yeah. Shocker. (laughs) Unfortunately, I I, uh, lost a game with Desecration Team in play against uh, Black White Tokens deck. And my opponent was a newer, a little bit newer player. He's not as experienced of Vintage Cube. And so I'm like, he has like a Bitter Blossom. And um, was it a Vampire Nighthawk, I want to say? And I'm just dead. Uh, my draw for the turn is a Desecration Demon. <laughs> so I play my demon. Pass. He gets his token. He like reads the demon. And he doesn't just kill me on the spot. So I know something's up. There's been a misunderstanding. Because I have no cards in hand. So there's there's been a misunderstanding at this point. And he's like, hmm. He's like thinking about it. And he's like, hmm. 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 He's like, ah, I guess I'll attack. And I was like, Desecration Demon Trigger? And he's like, huh? <laughs> looks at the card again. Looks at his board. And I was like, oh, I'll sack this token. Tap your guy down. I'm like, yep. He's like, go to attack, attack my Nighthawk. You're at one. I'm like, yep, yep, I'm dead. Yep, 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 scoop him up. <laughs> Dang. Like, Man, Down the line. <laughs> if only I didn't have to announce this trigger. <laughs> he wouldn't have seen shit. <laughs> it's like the saddest face is I just like desecration demon triggers. But uh, enough about cube, I guess, because we could probably talk about that for a while, considering it was what a good seven, six, seven hours of cube solid, plus much other cube during the week. But we will get to that later in the show when we talk about the MTGO uncommon cube that's been up for the last week or so. Uh, first, let's dig into uh, modern. Uh, the modern PPTQ season is quickly approaching us. It is now getting into summer. It is getting hot. It is, of course, time to cram ourselves into small, poorly ventilated card shops and throw down some modern. How do you feel about the format, Chris? Where do we stand with modern right now? So, a big question, uh, especially for you, I guess, has been what what do you play for the PPTQ season? That like is a damn the good question, <laughs> the meta's been aside from like humans and hollow one. The rest of the meta has been pretty like open, right? It seems like it's been changing um, week to week in these kind of larger events. Um, even with the events that we're going to mention, the the there's a huge variation between like the Magic Online PTQ and. Uh, like the SCG open. I would describe the meta as roiling. <laughs> there is a lot of activity and change and just different. There's just so many decks and they're all like vying for the top. Some you'll see decks do well one week and the next week they just won't even show up in the tops. It's crazy. I I mean, modern's always been kind of like this, but it feels like this last like half year or so, it's just been crazy since Jason Bloodbreak got unbanned and, since people kind of figured out those weren't the thing you should be doing, the meta's just been absurd. It seems like there's two clearly good decks, probably towards the top of the pecking order, but not head and shoulders above anything else, I wouldn't say, would you? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the only, there's only really been two decks that have been like consistently performing pretty all right. But they're not always winning. They're just like kind of around, right? Yeah. Like they win, but they're not always winning. There's other decks taking home the trophy pretty often. But it's not the same other decks taking on the trophies, which is what's really interesting. I mean, since the the Jason BBE unbanned, like the Grixis Shadow decks just have not existed. Yeah, Grixis like, Shadow died. Like it just fell off the face of the earth, and it's not the only deck that fell off the face of the earth either, right? I mean, yeah, Eldrazi Tron's really kind of disappeared as well. 
That and was like I, that, that was the matchup, right? Like that was the two juggernauts of the format it felt like at the time. Yeah, and I guess with the unbanning of Bloodbird Elf and Jace, I guess we didn't really expect that these the two big decks that were at the top to be replaced by two decks that don't have either of these unbanned cards in them. Yeah. Like, just kind of feels like it was out of left field, right? Like, Humans, Humans was building for a while, but, like, it, it hit the scene fast, and once it hit the scene, it's just been around, right? Like, we you know, we had you play it at the uh, team GP at the beginning of this year, and I feel like we were, I don't know if I'd say ahead of the curve, but we were definitely, like, on the, on the rising wave of Humans, right? I think we realized at the same time that a lot of the people were the deck was really good. Yeah. And the, the like, the the cresting wave of humans has not subsided uh, subsided since then there is just it is still i'd say the most commonly high placing deck in in most tournaments um it is the most frequently top eighting top 16ing deck at most modern events i mean part of it might be just so popular now that it's going to be putting up more results than others because it's just so many copies of it but um the deck does i mean the deck was definitely very good that's why we were playing it and I, it's it's almost a little bit surprising to me that it's still as dominant as it is, because I, I would have thought that people would kind of learn how to deal with it or perhaps position themselves against it a little bit better. But it's been hanging on. I, you know, I think uh, maybe a big part of that is I think a lot of people expected Jun to be the natural predator of humans, and um, I'm not an expert on the matchup by any means. But from what I've read, it seems like it's not actually the case. If Jund is favored, it's not by much, right? Like I think humans is actually a pretty close matchup for that deck if not yeah. if not humans being favored even perhaps um, i mean mantis riders the house yeah so the natural predator of the humans deck has kind of failed to uh failed to convert and actually and keep it in check yeah it's interesting to me because um the the number two deck that a lot of people are playing hollow one is actually a, a good match for humans and you know that could also be part of what's been keeping humans uh, kind of buoyed to the top is the second most popular powerful deck is actually a good matchup and that's definitely like been a huge boon for humans i feel like that's a pretty um, good place to be right yeah for the best deck to be favored against the second best deck <laughs> but yeah and and hollow one has just been kind of baffling as well that's also a deck that kind of cropped up after a monquette and it's uh it's just kind of everywhere and we've been talking about it a lot on the cast usually um salting about it more than <laughs> analyzing it i guess but um yeah it's just it's just winning a lot of matches of Magic. I mean, because the, the deck gets to play um, some number of games where it just wins for free. Yeah, it's always just a great place to be, right? Like, it, you're, you're getting games that you don't deserve to win at all. You just play an inquiry and your opponent happens to just crap all over themselves and you just kill them with literally anything. Mm -hmm. And then you have right. the games where you just dump a ton of hollow ones or playing Blade of Depths into play and you just kill them right you just don't give them any chance to stabilize you don't give them a chance to you know um sculpt their hand with crap like serum visions or play tap lands like celestial colonnade and all this garbage they just they just kill you like <laughs> you know stuff like uh inquisition of kazolik is not exactly the best against that deck in some situations like obviously sometimes you get lucky and you snag the the inquiry or the uh the reunion but uh other times Oh, no, sorry, not the uh, not the reunion, the uh, the goblin lore. Um, but sometimes they uh, they just have like blood ghasts or something, or flame wake phoenixes, and they're just hoping to like draw into the you know into or they have like uh, you know the faithless looting which they can flash back 
eventually. So you didn't even actually do any, you didn't actually gain any, you just bought a little bit of time against them. Yeah, the deck is just, it has a failure rate sometimes, but when it doesn't fall all over itself, it feels like it just crushes people. So I feel like one of its strengths is also one of its weaknesses in the sense that um, sometimes you just draw the wrong half of your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it's so hard to play against a lot of the time. You know, <clears throat> because they have these uh, you know, small, go-wide, annoying creatures like Blood Gas and Flame Wake, Phoenix- Flame Wake Phoenixes that make you wish like you had Anger of the Gods in your deck. But then they also have these Gurmog Anglers and Hollow Ones that kind of laugh at the fact that you have Anger of the Gods in your deck. So they can go both tall or wide, and it kind of depends on their draw. And it's like, if their draw is bad against what you're doing, then they'll lose. But if it's good against what you're doing, they'll just crush you. Like, if they have a... I have an Angler and not much else going on draw against me when I'm playing Amulet, say. But I have my Colony Garden, I can just chump it all day long. Yeah, it's, their deck is not doing a whole lot. But if they have, like, a Flame Blade Adept, and I have the same draw with Colony Garden, I just get destroyed. That menace is relevant, right? Yeah. Like... I, and, and, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, it's really hard to hate the deck because of, it could just draw the other half of its deck. But then also sometimes it's, you know, that's why it's not getting through when it wanted to. I, I felt like, you know, a lot of people are like looking for these cyborg hate cards that are like really hateful stuff like, oh, rest in peace. And <clears throat> these ley lines and stuff like, you know, ley line of the void. Like, oh, maybe this is like enough to like kind of keep the deck in check. But uh, it can kind of fight through that, right? Like, you know, sometimes the flame blade adept uh, or hollow one draw just like kills you. Like... <laughs> discarding you know they care about discarding cards not about number of cards in the yard um and i actually feel like one of the most powerful cards against the deck has been settle the wreckage because it deals with the tall and the wide and it exiles and they're they're almost always attacking you with the board right yeah they're probably not really playing around settle the wreckage i felt like that has just been one of the most powerful cards against the deck but it's a four mana instant like and they have they can they have to play into it and it's like oh with burning entry in the mix it's always kind of risky yeah, you got to hang on to it for a while, right? It's not like Legacy where you can uh, float it on top with a brainstorm. <laughs> and I guess even then they would just draw you into it. <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny. That's some hot new tech for Legacy. Yeah, your opponent's playing combo, right? They hide some stuff on on the top of their deck. <laughs> just burning inquiry. <laughs> Spin the wheel. <laughs> Can you imagine you're playing like Legacy, right? And you're putting him to Torx, so you're like, oh, I gotta hide my two best cards in my brainstorm. And then you go down to like one card in hand, and then they just like untap Burdigan for you. <laughs> uh, like, it's not really you, it's everyone, but I mean, you, like. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> go ahead and get those out of here. You hear it here. It's just some solid theory crafting out of the MTG Complex cast. So, how does Burning Inquiry interact with Miracles? So if they Miracle Trigger, if you Burning Inquiry them and they Miracle Trigger the first thing, they can't actually cast it until the Burning Inquiry is finished resolving, right? Yes, the trigger is put on the stack. So then if they just discard, they just, you can't cast it anymore, right? Nope, just it's binned. gone. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny, actually. I didn't thought about that. I guess that's, that, that's, that could come up in Modern too, right? Maybe like against turns, you Inquiry them and it's like, oh look, a Temporal Mastery. And some of the some of the blue white decks are actually playing in treat in terminus now with uh with Jace. Um especially online I've been seeing it a decent amount. So there could definitely be an interaction that comes up. Because <laughs> you have to reveal it to get to get the trigger. So the first yeah. draw, you gotta you gotta do the miracle draw, you gotta take a little peek, which a lot of people don't do when they get inquired. So it's uh if you're playing those cards, it's something important to keep in mind is every every draw is uh Right, especially if it's a terminus. Like it could be huge if you don't discard it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something that I think uh, legacy players are much more familiar with casting stuff like, you know, brainstorm important and stuff like that on their opponent's turn. Or uh, uh, not important, I'm sorry, predict the possibility of that first draw on the opponent's turn being, you know, their miracle trigger. But uh, I wonder if your average modern player playing with, you know, the miracle cards is going to think to check for the miracle off of the uh, burning inquiry on their opponent's turn. <laughs> I just want to watch. Screw, screw Bayloth, right? Like, oh, you discarded my Bayloth. I get a 4 4. Oh, I drew Entreat the Angels. I get 5 4 4s. <laughs> Excellent. And they fly. <laughs> I just want to watch. Patrick Sullivan and Cedric Phillips commentate a match where this happens. Yeah, they'd lose their shit. That'd be that'd be a treat. It'd be incredible. It'd be a treat. Sullivan, <laughs> Sullivan would be beside himself, and I don't know in a negative or a positive way. Probably a positive way. I think he just eats shit like that up. Novel, novel game scenarios. Anyway, before we get too far off topic, I guess we can talk more about these. Uh, how like how different the modern magic online ptq was compared to say the uh, scg modern open yeah we had a, a a modern ptq yesterday on a monday which is very strange i feel like <laughs> um it was a, a holiday here in the in the states but um i feel like elsewhere in the world perhaps would be a little inconvenient i don't know if they do they do ptqs during the week very often i feel like they don't i feel like most of these in the past that i've seen have been uh on, on weekends that's a little, a little strange but um, we have here a uh, a decent sampling of the top, uh, I don't know, what, 24 decks or so it looks like in the PTQ. Event was won by Blue White Control, I believe. They've got it listed as 9-0. I don't know if they actually have the uh, the top eight results baked in here. If we're just looking at the, the Swiss results. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Swiss results because that's the only data we have. And it's still very interesting. Blue White Control taking it down, 9-0. Oh, so the guy's name improperly, so with uh, Agua Flet. <laughs> Playing blue light control. Yes, and uh, this this is interesting. Actually, he he went really hard on the planeswalkers. Um, uh, we'd seen a really interesting split lately between blue white and Jeskai, where the Jeskai decks have been, in paper at least, been doing very well. And we'll get into that with the SCG events. Uh, but they've been almost exclusively playing to fairy, and the blue white versions have been really leaning on Jace the Mind Sculptor, uh, often with a uh, small miracles package. Agro Athlete instead opted to play one Gideon of the Trials. <laughs> One Jace the Mind Sculptor and two Teferi, along with the Spreading Seas package that you often see in, in Blue White these days to try to uh, disrupt big mana and mid range decks, kind of let it uh, leverage itself in the early game and get into its planeswalkers if um, their opponent's kind of being behind the eight ball on their mana development and um, hopefully, you know, keeping them from developing a board that can contest their planeswalker. How do you feel about his, uh, or I should say their choice to, um, play with this mix of planeswalkers instead of the jace heavy build that's been seeing play in blue white traditionally i think that playing a whole lot of jaces is a little bit ambitious perhaps in the face of all the um, aggressive like human decks and this kind of thing although teferi is not exactly the, the the answer to the aggro right but um well, he tucks at least instead of bouncing so that's quite nice yeah and he also can you can still play the teferi and have mana up for removal spells Mm-hmm. with the jace you can't but i think the the list is pretty meted against the aggro decks and the the big mana decks right so you have the mm-hmm. four spreading seas in the main and two detention spheres for whatever big dumb things they your opponent might be trying to do but you also have quite the spread on sweepers 
for the old meddling mage. Mm. You had one Terminus, one Wrath of God, one Supreme Verdict, one Settle the Wreckage, and even a main deck copy of Timely Reinforcement. I found that card to be really good in the current meta when I was playing it in uh, Blue-White Thopter Sword. I, uh, I was playing three copies in my main deck, and the card felt amazing. Um, so I'm definitely on board with the Timely Reinforcements. Uh, the life gain is super relevant on top of the bodies, so I'm definitely behind that choice for sure. He even managed to cram in a Sphinx's Revelation, which is a card you don't always see, I feel like, these days. It's so slow. Yeah, a lot of ones. Like, like I, Sometimes I don't understand how people can, can figure that these are the right cantrip counts, right? We have one opt and three serum visions, and then what? just one spell snare and one mana leak. Two negates, though. Yeah, two negates. And two, two cryptic cryptics. commands. That's the counter package. And uh, two search for scantus. So search for scantus is a card that we've been seeing pop up like in almost every single blue. Um, it's like a two of guaranteed. I feel like the card is just great. I'm. I can't. I can't oversing my praises for search for scanta. The card slices dices. It makes you a milkshake. I love it. <laughs> but the really interesting thing about the um, Magic Online PTQ is. There's so much Tron. There's a ton of right? Tron. D- despite, despite it being won by Boy Control, there's a ton of Tron here. Yeah, it's like the most represented deck in yeah, it's the like top a four, is, whatever. It's like six six decks. It's the top 32. Top 32 has six Tron decks in it. <laughs> yeah, it it's the most represented deck beast, by far. A beastly meta share. But when we go look at the Modern Open, there's no tron at all in this top 32 it's totally absent with the exception of i guess one lonely copy of eldrazi tron yeah that's a deck like we were just saying we haven't seen in a long time kind of a blast from the past in fact the uh the top four of the open is the humans deck in first but then we have jeskai control jund and eldrazi tron which are all decks that i uh, i feel like have been on the downswing until recently and here they are all Knocking elbows in the top four together with humans, the new hotness. And the top four has, I mean, the top eight has two humans decks and two Jeskai control lists. Um, so, what do you think about this Jeskai control deck with the inclusion of Teferi? So, I really like it. Um, I actually got to watch a bit of this event on Sunday, and I got to see Jim Davis and Jonathan Rossum play with the deck, and the deck looks good. I would say. I'm actually considering testing it out. I have been unhappy with Marty, like I said. I've played Blue White and Jeskai in the past and done well with them. So I'm thinking about maybe just picking me up some Teferis and trying out this Jeskai deck. I watched a couple of Jonathan Rossum's matches, and it was interesting because I thought he played extremely conservatively in a couple of scenarios where I think I would have definitely put my foot on the gas and tried to close out the game um, just to limit the number of draw steps my opponent had to uh find a hail mary and find their you know they're out to win the game and even though i disagree with some of his methodology about how he went about those games um the deck just really is good at keeping the door shut on your opponent once you get past a certain point with teferi and search for his canta being extremely synergistic i don't know if you've seen anyone do this yet chris um i hadn't until i watched this but you can search for his canta during your turn and then activate teferi and untap the search along with another land, and get another search on your opponent's instep after having held up mana for interaction, which is kind of busted. <laughs> Seems pretty strong. You're like digging eight cards deep every 
well, if you're draw step, you're digging nine cards deep minimum every turn cycle. It's like build is, your own dig through time. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see a lot of cards, you find a lot of answers, and they are they're seeming to favor um the one of secure the waste again, which is a card I've always been really happy with. Uh it's really good in the early and mid game to keep you from dying or to apply pressure against a uh, a big mana deck like Tron. And it's also just a very inevitable win condition very late in the game when you need to turn the corner or just kind of leisurely kill your opponent after you've locked them out. Uh, it kind of does a lot of different things very flexibly. Um, it's quite mana efficient. Other cards in the past, like White Sun Zenith, you know, had that that triple white cost before you started getting into the range of making bodies. And while they were two twos, you know, you were kind of wasting um, some mana before you actually got into, you know, making some some guys. Scare the Waste does not have that problem. Uh, it only costs X and White, which I really like. And being able to find it off of your searches very aggressively with Teferi seems really solid to me. I think the meta is maybe getting into a place as well where, you know, we're saying there's a lot of decks churning around and things are very unpredictable. There are, like, a few you're going to see, though. You, it's very likely that you're going to see humans and hollow one at the top tables it's not unlikely that you're going to see stuff like affinity or other just guy control decks floating around marty pyromancer there's you know a little bit of an expected kind of upper crust of decks that you are likely to run into and i think that helps these control decks kind of home in on what they want to be playing as far as answers go that might be benefiting them in the the meta right now and again this was uh this was a, a SCG Modern event. So it's a paper event in a reoccurring tournament series with a lot of the same people, a lot of grinders showing up to these events and showing up at the top tables very frequently. So I think that helps also with kind of shaping a predictable meta for these uh, these control decks. What do you think about Teferi versus Jace at this point? I'm uh, I'm I'm Team Teferi. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm also a Team Teferi, as you call it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jace may make you or let you see more cards but just the fact that you can still hold up interaction and turn you tap out for your teferi just seems way too important because i think playing your jace is like this huge tempo loss right you, mm -hmm. the shields go down and, you know typically you'd be holding up cryptic command man or something and it's really hard to play this four mana sorcery speed threat and still have um mana left over for interaction uh i know this from playing the swan deck right it's kind of hard to find time to sneak in your four mana sorcery speed. Um, do nothing. Yeah. This, Jace isn't quite a do nothing, but he can certainly be on a lot of boards. But Teferi, you don't really have that problem. Like, Teferi, it it can tuck something if you needed to, but if not, you just you get an extra card and get some mana up to, to blow up some stuff. I mean, you got three bolts, four paths, three helixes, three negate. Two electrolyze. Yeah, two electrolyze. Like, almost all of your interaction, you can play out that those two lands that you've untapped with the exception of maybe crypto command or snap snapping back something yeah it just seems very solid and you know five mana five loyalty if you plus it it's you know not the easiest thing to kill i mean teferi still can't get his reality smashed but um <laughs> you know if you get to hold up that path to exile or that logic non you, know, you can keep him around yeah fighting chance and some of the um the plays, like I said, I, I saw Jonathan Rossum making, um, you know, I thought were some really conservative lines. He had um, he had a ruined halo naming Bloodgast, and actually um, when his, him and his opponent were basically at parity uh, through his only threat that he was chipping out his opponent with a uh, Stabcaster Mage in front of a Bloodgast attacking a Teferi that had 
uh, a pretty healthy amount of loyalty. Um, and I think it was just to avoid it getting sniped off by something like, uh, you know, Flame Wake Phoenix into a bolt or something, which I thought was interesting. He really valued having Teferi uh, at a healthy uh, loyalty, and I think he was just pretty confident that with Teferi alive, plussing every turn, he would win the game. And that kind of speaks to, I mean, Planeswalkers are obviously good when you get to use them in plus every turn, but Teferi just holding up that extra mana is just really good. It lets you actually do things at sorcery speed during your turn and, you know, search with search for his Kanta or Serum Visions and still have all your mana available to interact on your opponent's turn, which feels really good for a control deck. It also lets you start turning the corner of stuff like Celestial Colonnade a little bit sooner. Um, you know, your Colonnade is taking you down, what, five mana normally? With uh, Teferi, it's only taking you down three, which is much more much more doable, I feel like. So that's nice. Yeah, Teferi also lets you, uh, if you have your land drop on the next turn, it lets you Wrath the board and hold up Cryptic Command, which seems pretty good. Yeah. Aside from these Jeskai decks, we have been seeing a lot of Jun kind of. I, I feel like, you know, people have been saying, uh, you know, trumpeting the death of Jund and how Jund is just not very good anymore. Trying these new aggressive builds of Jun, trying to get lower to the ground, kind of, you know, throwing away some of the advantages that Jun traditionally had, like Liliana the Veil and its ability to grind. But I don't know, I see a, a, a pretty healthy smattering of Jun decks as we look at these results, and they're pretty traditional lists. And I think with uh, these Jeskai and Blue White control decks kind of making their way to the forefront of the format again, Jund is pretty good against that, right? Like uh, Liliana the Veil is great against a deck that wants to hold cards in its hand every turn, so. Maybe with uh, these uh, control decks fighting their way back up to the forefront, Jund will have a little bit more prey and food in the format to uh, muscle its way back up into even healthier numbers than it's seeing right now. We're also um, seeing a little bit of the sneaking and popularity of the Boggle deck. Boo. <laughs> I'm not a Boggle fan. Man, uh, that deck. Yep, we got a green-white hexproof. Cody Weber. Cody, you've gone to the dark side. I think the Boggle deck is, def is definitely one that you, you just assume you'll never play against, and then when you do, you're just so incredibly sad. Yeah, it's, like, uh... Especially now that the four Leyline of things you use are standard now, you're thinking, like, oh yeah, I got my sweet Jun cards now, and just, like, turns turn game one, turns your Leyline into Slippery Boggle, and you're just, like, in for a bad time. We're dead. Yeah, gotta, gotta remember that this deck exists. Yeah, it's definitely a deck that punishes the meta pretty hard when it forgets about it. Kind of like some of the graveyard decks we've seen in the past, but without that um, that vulnerability to the uh, grave hate that people tend to come packing a little bit more incidentally than something like a sweeper that uh, can sweep away all the boggly boys. I mean, at least when you get paired against boggles, you can just hope they mulligan into oblivion and never do anything. Something else I thought was interesting with this online modern PTQ was the uh, the presence of two seven and two dredge decks dredge is another deck we have not seen in a while i feel like there's been like kind of a steadily creeping increase of graveyard focused decks um hollow one has obviously been the deck that a lot of people were scared of that's a graveyard deck and i think graveyard hate i, I would say the graveyard hate is not super effective against that deck right no not really it's not reliable it's either going to get discarded or it's gonna you know they're gonna have the other half of the deck and i think people have been kind of Deciding that's not the direction they want to go to fight the deck necessarily. And we see more graveyard-centric decks kind of creeping in to exploit that. The Mardu Pyromancer deck has been doing decently well, despite my lack of success with it. 
and that deck is particularly weak itself to graveyard hate it turns off faithless looting lingering souls bedlam reveler and makes the deck incredibly clunky in a lot of situations but something even more focused uh, on deriving value from the graveyard like dredge is an interesting choice that we haven't seen until recently uh it's been i don't know how long do you feel like it's been since we've seen dredge everywhere probably oh, it's most a of a year time. last summer perhaps yeah i think last summer it was fairly popular and um these two lists look very similar in a lot of ways they have the same creature spell and land uh ratios a little bit of tweaking in the numbers here and there um but i think by and large the uh the deck list is pretty refined at this point um you look at their spell package here they are identical the lands are very close not exactly the same but very close and the creature package is i think one card off one card off one of the players cut a, their fourth neonate for a scourge devil so two very homogenized dredge decks both going seven and two I think it might be something worth keeping in mind as we all prepare for the modern pptq season dredge exists it will punish you if you forget about it so it's worth keeping in the back of your head as you're building a sideboard plan for these upcoming tournaments another very uh different note meta wise is the scg modern classic which ran alongside the um second day of the scg uh modern open and again, we have a uh, very distinct different meta than the other two events that we've been looking at. In this case, there was a bunch of Storm decks, which really didn't see much play in the other two events at all. Yeah, Storm actually taking down this event. Um, another thing is there's some Titan Shift showing up in this event as well, which again, didn't have us any copies at all in the other two um, events. Even like Infect popping up. Um, very 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 different kind of uh metagame in this classic the winning storm pilot being caleb share who is a uh, a known uh storm aficionado it's not surprising for me to see him uh doing extremely well with his storm deck which he is known to love very much but uh he was not the only one uh there were looks like what three other two other people on storm in this top 16 which is uh not bad for a deck that was basically uh completely absent from these other two events we've been looking at also one copy of uh, amulet titan snuck its way into the uh top 16 looking in from the outside at ninth place ah yes um two hive minds yeah the big difference here being the inclusion of two hive minds and uh minus four explorers plus four lotus blooms i'm personally not a fan of the lotus bloom builds they just feel too all in on the opening hand and sometimes turn four with your Lotus Bloom just isn't fast enough anyway. It's good against Blood Moon, I guess, but uh. It's like playing an Ad Nauseum deck where instead of Ad Nauseating them, you just Primeval Titan them. <laughs> or Hive Mind them or something. Yeah. One thing to note is that since it's playing two Hive Minds, it's going back to the um, old days of the full seven packed Ooh, package. Slaughter Pact. Good old Slaughter Pact making its way back inside the deck. That's a name I've not seen or heard in a long time. And despite the Slaughter Pact, it did not bring back the um, Golgari Rot Farm, so there's no black producing bounce land to go along with that Slaughter Pact. Interesting. Just relying on gemstone mines. Yeah, it's just gemstone mines and the one Bajugabog, maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's uh, another interesting thing to keep in mind as you're uh, 
as you're looking over these different results, there's a lot of different decks and in, in high contention in modern right now. Um, I feel like it's always kind of been that way, but like I said, I feel like there's only like two clear top tier decks right now and everything else kind of in a jumble down below. Maybe Just Guy Control or Jund is going to muscle itself or even uh, Green or Green Red Tron muscling for that third slot, but I don't think any of them quite have a, uh, a metagame share to really crown them as the, uh, the third the third pillar of the format at the moment. But moving away from Modern, we had some fun with a special MTGO event that was running last week. They ran a uh, a uncommon cube, and we are known for our our deep and undying love for Moto cube formats, especially the uh, the limited edition ones. Yeah, so I actually um, made an MTGO account for the express purpose of um, basically cube drafting, and. Uh, got in there just in time for the uncommon cube uh my account has run two events on it so far and both of them have been uncommon cube and we've gotten a trophy on both of those events mm -hmm. on the back of a very special card now near and dear to our heart another another uh card to enter the mtg conflux meme pantheon together with swans of burnargol and slitherblade and it is Hellgeist. Ah, yes, Halgeist. So, both of the decks that we drafted on my account um, were green-based. The first was uh, green-black? Black? No, I think the first one was green-blue, and the ah, second yes. one was green-black. That's it, yeah. And both of them had Halgeist in it. And Curse of Predation. Now, unfortunately, Curse of Predation and Halgeist don't really... They work together well, but also not well. Um, it's strange because when it has a woman counter, it doesn't undie anymore. But then it's also bigger, so they can't really block it. Kind of a love hate relationship going on there. We should we should explain what uh what how guys does to our our listeners, I guess. Um, oh, in case in case they aren't familiar with the powerful magic card that is Howlgeist. Yes, it's a just truly a a staple of of any any uncommon based magic format. <laughs> Uh, so I believe it was printed in Amazon Restored? That sounds about right, yeah. Um, it's an uncommon, obviously. It's a 6-mana 4-3 with Undying, and it says creatures with power less than Halgeist cannot block it. Now, I think on paper this card doesn't actually look very good at all. It's a 6-mana 4-3. It's a 4-2. It's a 4-2. Even better. <laughs> um... Yeah, it seems really bad, right? But the thing is, like, when you're playing it, um, it trades with their 4-4, otherwise they just can't block it at all. And then when they do trade with their 4-4, not only do they lose their 4-4, but now they can't block it with another 4-4, because now it's 5 power. So this this spooky wolf kind of <laughs> ends games pretty quick if, you're, if, the, if the board's kind of stalled or anything like that. It kind of breaks through. Yeah. Um, kind of makes so it's, it's hard to block even when they can block it. Partners great with uninvited Geist. <laughs> that one-two unblockable punch in our green-blue deck. But uh, in case you're thinking that Howgeist is a fluke, which I don't blame you for because it apparently only has a three-star community rating on the uh, the Gatherer. Back when people voted on the Gatherer for community <laughs> ratings. <laughs> well, we also did another cube draft on my Moto account, which also went 3-0 with a Howgeist deck. So take that. For your uh, your mental math on how good you think Halgeist is, clearly the card is a 
a cube all-star and you should uh take it very highly the next time you have an opportunity to draft it <laughs> also it turns out squirrel nest is pretty pretty powerful yeah especially with curse of predation <laughs> also combos with um kiora's follower most Let's go ahead and uh make two squirrels a turn instead of one well un unless you just skip through your end step because you don't know how to play moto okay that only happened once <laughs> Yeah, we had a we uh we didn't have any uh any game losing mistakes made. We had two two particularly bad mistakes. One game we lost, a game we would would have lost anyways, and then the other game we won. So it's cool, you know. So just just so you guys know, um, I've never played on MTGO before ever, and I just made an account and just jumped straight into this cube league like asking john what are the buttons that i press to do a thing and he had to remind me multiple times that i had priority because i'm just sitting there <laughs> waiting like oh is my phone's gonna attack now right he's at attackers it's like no you have to you have to say okay for him to go to his actual declare attacker step I'm like oh so i burned a whole lot of clock that we didn't need to burn but uh hashtag didn't matter uh two trophies later we're just just the, the best anyway yeah all guys dopey yeah, we were uh, MTGO Complex was undefeated on leagues until I did play a, decided to play a uh, a four color monstrosity uh, the other day and uh, got dumpstered by three red decks in a row. Uh, I think we we played against a lot of people that were playing these uh, really bad, really slow, dirtily mid range decks, and we were playing not as slow, not nearly as bad mid range decks, and we uh, proceeded to just try throw them in the trash and then by the time at the end of the weekend i went back to play again people had figured out that red was the thing in the cube apparently and uh my four color monstrosity just got paddled real hard turns out even on common cube john cannot stay away from the multiple color greed pile decks there's just so many cards with basic land cycling in them. it's like oh this card's like in a color i'm not in but it's okay i drafted five tri lands and i've got a couple cards of basic land cycling. What's the worst that could go wrong? Well, I'll tell you, a lot could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think it's uh, moving us towards the end of our cast. We've got a couple upcoming events that you should be excited about. If you're listening to this on uh, release day Friday or perhaps the Saturday after, this weekend is Pro Tour Dominaria in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, CFB sticking it to Star City Games right in their own backyard which i'm sure feels real bad for the uh, the folks over in roanoke but i think it's going to be a really cool pt it's going to be a standard and draft with the new set i think there's gonna be a lot of interesting stuff going on and hopefully we see a breakaway from some of these same standard decks that we've been seeing for a while now and we also have the weekend after that the weekend of june 8th through 10th scg con which i'm really sad i'm not gonna be able to travel across the country for but I am really excited to watch as a viewer. They're going to be doing a lot of really cool events. Uh, they got No Ban List Modern Open. Uh, haven't seen a No Ban List event of this scale in a long time. And have they ever actually even uh, streamed uh, a No Ban List Modern event of any real size, aside from the ones at Mox Boarding House, Chris? I don't think they have. Uh, I don't, not that I know of. So we were we were talking about earlier about, you know, what uh what do you play in your, do you play a deck that has just no ban cards that's obviously a terrible idea but what if uh what if you were to take um 
just your normal old humans or hollow one deck and do well in, a, in the event uh what would that say about the format right right can you imagine just showing up with your good old human deck and just melee maging the all the kiddos out of the game <laughs> so maybe uh maybe some glorious hero will uh will uh dive deep into the event with a uh event la- a deck lacking any banned cards but I think it would be. We just play Hollow One with four mental missteps. <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Uh, but I think people will definitely want to play with the band of cards because that seems way more fun. So uh, I think it'll be an exciting event to keep an eye out for. They're also going to be doing a Popper and Legacy Classic, which I am excited to hear the results from. Those are also, uh, I think it's going to be one of the largest events that's ever been done for Popper, which is going to be really cool. Uh, I think that format's got a lot of interesting design uh, for decks still left unexplored, and I think getting more eyes on it is always a good thing for uh, moving the format along into a a new and continuously interesting place. And of course, I love myself some Legacy, so a Legacy Classic is also really exciting. And then, on top of that, there's a lot of stuff going on over this long weekend. They're also doing a Power 9 series for Vintage, which is going to be really cool. They uh, ran an article on SCG last night about that. Um, Stephen Menendian uh, talking about how SCG kind of got their SCG tour series going off of the back of some of these large vintage events that no one else was really doing at the time, which kind of uh, was the ancestor to their SCG format, SCG tour format that's still going on today. So I think it's really cool that they're bringing back a, a two-day power nine series uh leading people up into uh a full set of the power nine the other event they're running is the duel for duels it is a uh, a similar event but for legacy and they've got a uh, hundred different revised dual lands up for grabs which i think is really cool uh getting people uh the ability to get access to duels is always a good thing and it's a really sweet prize to play towards chris would you uh would you be excited to play for some some perhaps some green dual lands you know, it's strange to think that uh, perhaps in order to win dual lands, you must already have dual lands, but uh, <laughs> or at least a friend that really likes you, right? Yeah, I mean, they're no cradles, but uh, you know, I could, I could do with some more dual lands. <laughs> yeah, as as he scratches his chest like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, y'all got any of them? Any of them dual? <laughs> Anyways, that's uh, that's what's on deck for the next few weekends. So look forward to that uh, that great content. Even if you uh, can't make your way out to the East Coast, uh, there's going to be a lot of great stuff on Twitch TV to check out and watch and talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, and before we say goodbye, let's talk about our song of the week. Chris, what's your uh, what's your card? You're really hyped to get into your 75 on uh, this lovely Friday we've got coming up. Well, um, this past. Uh, Friday, I was talking with good old Ivan a little bit about uh, Amulet because uh, our other friend of the cast, Mike, decided to uh, purchase my elder copy of the deck, the non-foil copy, and he's been trying to figure out what's going on with that one. And I'm talking to Ivan a little bit about the Hive Mind. Uh, he's been including in his version of the deck, and I am not. And I've come to I don't know I don't want to say realize, but if the top two decks in the modern format are humans and hollow one, both of these decks seem to get absolutely crushed by a um, a hive mind kill. They just can't interact or ever pay for for that. So it might be worth considering slotting into the seventy five at some point. If maybe the main or the side, not really sure. But uh, yeah, I might go ahead and give hive mind another another whirl this coming Hol- week. Hollow one has a, a real hard time uh, generating blue mana. Last I checked, or green. Yeah. 
Humans has the option to do so, but very frequently lacks the ability. Or the quantity. Yeah. Although I don't know what would happen if, uh, well, I, I know what would happen, but it would be an absolute shit show if I had Hive Mind in play and my opponent casts a burning inquiry. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Why? <laughs> no, it's, it's, don't do that. It's, don't do that. <laughs> Might go to time trying to resolve it. How many dice do we bring? We need additional dice. Judge? <laughs> you know, I wonder, um, is, is, uh, is having a judge come over and pick the cards out of each person's hand, is that considered a, a, random, a random method of selection? Did they see the cards in hand? No, you just put them face down and have the judge pick them, right? It's got to be faster than some of these dice rolling uh, schemes I've seen play out on stream. Oh, yeah, it must be. God, the dice, the dice rolling's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> That's that's the reason why I really just dislike this deck because God, it's resolving just resolving the burning injury, regardless of whether it destroys your hand or not, is just a miserable experience for everybody involved. It's much more seamless online. It just happens. Yeah. Anyway, John, what what are you hyped to get in your deck? So as I've been <clears throat> thinking about over the course of the cast, I am uh, I'm a lost tiny little boat in the giant sea of modern, unable to decide on a deck. What's new? <laughs> so did you lose your way i have lost my way your mind <laughs> um yes i have i've lost my mind i have seen in the past caleb durward very frequently likes to pull out his bant spirits deck and he frequently does well with it at uh at decently sized events in, in modern and you know what i uh i I'm going to further the uh, the theory I've heard from several people that I just play whatever cards came back in the mail most recently because I've received my <laughs> my noble hierarchs back in the mail somewhat recently. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna play me some Bant Spirits this week. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna test out that deck. It seems real cool. See if I can hang with the Coco variants. Um, so my my card of the week is uh, Rattle Chains, which is a a real sweet card to get people with. So yeah, so uh, I think that card's got a lot of utility in the deck. Uh, it does some really sweet stuff. Uh, it protects your guys, obviously. Uh, it lets you sneak stuff in at instant speed, and uh, it can turn your mausoleum wanderers into instant speed counterspells, which is is pretty nifty. And um, it lets you um, pump uh, other guys or protect guys, aside from just the one it's protecting with its ETB trigger, with something like a Drog Skull Captain. And that's that's pretty pretty nifty i feel like but uh you could do some spicy interesting instant speed shenanigans with rattle chain so i'm super excited to try it out play with it and uh more likely than not be entirely disappointed with the deck much as i have been with all these other decks but hopefully eventually one day i will find my my true love my 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 rug delver of of modern and then i'm sure they'll ban the deck or it'll get bad just like they have every other goddamn time i've had a deck in modern you know maybe the deck you've been looking for has been here the whole time john yeah what deck is that maybe you just have to play amulet <laughs> i don't i don't think i have the power for that deck chris i don't think i have the i don't think i have the uh the brain power or the or the memory i can uh i can barely remember uh what i had for lunch let alone what uh 28 singleton lands are in my deck <laughs> yeah you know it's all fun and games until you like make a slight change in your mana base and then lose because you forgot you changed it yeah yeah that seems like not a not a winning play so uh 
I don't know. Maybe I'll borrow the deck at F and M. Uh, I'll have to make a wager of some some type, perhaps. Maybe if I manage to go, what 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 record would I have to accrue for you to buy dinner for me, Chris? Hmm. <laughs> Two one and one. I think there's. I think no draws are allowed. No draws. Oh man, collusion is right out, huh? And no timing out, thinking about lines. <laughs> well, that's that's just a guarantee. <laughs> two and two, no no dinner, right? No dinner for a two and two. Gotta gotta be in the money, you know. It gotta be in the money. Gotta be three and one, huh? Okay, maybe maybe we can work something out. Three one, finish a family one. I must uh, I must train. I must enter enter the dojo, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, anyways, before we get. Two out of the weeds on Amulet, yet again, reoccurring theme for this podcast. I'd like to thank all of you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. Uh, if you're wondering where you can check us out, head on over to mtgconflux.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, MTG Conflicts. And if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to read, feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us for the next one. Later. Later.